for Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Flames. Coming up today, we respond to how Flames fan Flames fans think the offseason should go as the Calgary Herald released their poll results from their reader survey. Plus, it's a Officially trade speculation season, and another team has exited the bubble. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Hello, Sean. Jess, how are we doing? I'm okay. Handling the Bruins loss a lot better than I expected. Mm-hmm. But that's for a later segment. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Sounds like you're doing well. Um, yes. I don't know if we can, we'll obviously get into it next segment, but would you have rather they lost in regulation or if they were going to lose at all? Like, was the overtime, was that too much stress for one night? Or Yeah. yeah. I would have rather just the 60 minutes than, you know, stressing me out for another 40. Right. It's kind of like a Band-Aid. Just rip it off. Mm-hmm. Don't kind of go inch by inch just rip it off and get it over with as opposed to anything else but like i said or like you said actually we'll get into that uh another segment um let's start obviously with locked on flames we'll start with the flames and you and i like we always reference how we think flames fans are feelings (laughs) and you know whether it's like using reddit or twitter or just talking to friends or anything like that as kind of our gauge like the calgary herald had a listener or not listener i always say that a reader survey um and they've polled all their readers as to kind of what the Flames should be doing this offseason. So now we actually have some real numbers to kind of go off of and work with um, in terms of how Flames fans are feeling. Um, and, you know, if you go to the Calgary Herald's website, you can look at the exact same graphic Jess and I are looking at. And we obviously give full credit to the Herald for um, amazing work here. But I think the first kind of information piece we should deal with is you know, the summer's all about shaking up the core, it seems, and who should be let go. 77% of Flames fans voted to let Johnny Goudreau go um, this offseason, which should obviously be a trade, right? He's not a free agent yeah. or anything. So it'd be 77% want to see Johnny Goudreau be traded out of Calgary. Um, that is a, I got to say, it's a higher number than yeah. than I actually would have thought. I knew, you know, I always kind of had a sense that a majority, I think more than half of Flames fans wanted to see Goudreau be let go and traded. I didn't know 77% felt that way. Um, how do you kind of digest that number, 77%? Is that higher than you thought as well? That's so much higher than I thought. And I mean, like, I don't know when this survey was conducted, or anything like that. So it could have been right after they were eliminated or, you know, during the playoffs. I don't know. So emotions could have been high, but 77%? Holy cannoli. So the survey was done just about a week ago because I I filled out the survey myself. Um, It was definitely after the season ended, uh, maybe a day or two removed from the stars actually eliminating the flames but i want to say like it was open still for filling it in at least a week ago so um i i agree emotions definitely could have been running high but it was still somewhat removed um you know as the days and weeks continue to go by obviously emotions kind of drift away so i don't know if it would still be the same 77 percent if the if the polls were run today but um 
you know, you're right. It could have been an emotional thing. Um, you know, 69% of fans want to see Jankowski go. Not too much of a surprise there. 61% want to see Zach Ronaldo go. You know, I thought maybe Goudreau and Ronaldo should be switching numbers in terms yeah. of Ronaldo should be at 77 and Goudreau should be at 61. Um, and Michael Stone is at 67 as well. You know, obviously lots of talk around Goudreau, but then Monaghan, he's also at over half of the fans want to see Monaghan go. 52% are um, wanting to see Sean Monaghan go. That 52, that seems a lot more like what I thought the number would be. Like 52 kind of, that feels right for Monaghan. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a touch high, but, um, you know, like, like we mentioned, the, the survey was done right after the playoffs. So emotions obviously running high. Um, what do you think about, you know, a majority of Flames fans wanting to see their top two best players be gone this offseason? Like, what does I that tell that, you about the team? I think it just speaks to the fans' frustrations and how poorly these top two players are performing. And, you know, obviously if you have a guy who's putting up crazy numbers like Matthew Kachuk, you're not going to see him with 52% or 77%. So it's just kind of, you know, it's so hard because – these are guys like you want to build your team around. Like you see their names and it's like, Oh yeah. You know, like the, like, this is it. Like, this is what we're going to rebuild around. We're going to, you know, bring a championship home. But then when you actually look at their numbers and everything, it's like, Oh, maybe we blow this whole thing up and rebuild around just one of you. Right. And it, it, it kind of is reflected in the, you know, so obviously the questions, they ran through the whole roster of who should stay, who should go. But then they also had a question about who, like, what's, why did the Flames lose? What's the most frustrating part of watching the Flames? And 58% of the people responded to the most frustrating thing about watching the Flames is how their first line disappears, um, you know, in playoff time. And that was the most frustrating part. I remember... Actually, this is the one question I definitely remember answering. I answered differently. I didn't vote about the most frustrating thing to me was the fact the first line disappeared because we've seen it before. So <laughs> I'm almost callous to it. But the most frustrating thing for me was just how they kind of wilted uh, under pressure. And, you know, there wasn't really the Matthew Kachuk heart and soul that the Flames, mm-hmm. there wasn't throughout the lineup. It was just kind of with only Kachuk. And, you know, obviously in the Dallas series, that was, was the only one Kachuk was off the ice that we saw any emotion. So, um, but you know, the, the frustration about the top two stars is kind of reflected in that the most frustrating thing that people have when watching the flames is watching the top line disappear. Um, so, you know, uh, just another interesting inkling number there that kind of tells you mm-hmm. how the flames fan base feels. Here's one number. And these are, you know, we've kind of run through a couple numbers where we maybe disagree with, or think it's a little high, um, a number that I'm totally on board with. And, you know, I think could be even higher the percentage of Flames fans that think this season was a failure was 72%. So 72% of the fans think this season was a failure. Uh, 15% say it was a step in the right direction. Um, that is a number I'm totally on board with. The season, mm-hmm. uh, a complete failure. Um, that sounds like saying complete failure. That you know, It sounds like, oh my God, they missed the playoffs or something bad really happened. Um, but it was, like it, they... They exited the first round in very similar fashion to the way they did last year. Um, and they, you know, all they did was talk about how they learned from last year, but they obviously didn't show it. So um, I'm on board with Flames fans on that one. 
definitely. I think that, you know, we've talked about it a lot, and I think it was like the episode right after uh, the Flames were eliminated, but we talked about how it was a failure because it was just all talk. There was no there was no step in the right direction. It was a downward trend in regular season points from basically your top stars. And then, you know, you go into the bubble and, you know, you technically play two rounds, but you're only winning, you know, the qualifier. Right. Um, it just was a disappointment, I think. Yeah. Disappointment, failure, like it's all, it's all one and the same. Um, Looking at some numbers, or I guess some stats and, and points that the Calgary Herald provided from their fan survey that, you know, was kind of expected. Um, MVP being Matthew Kachuk. Um, looking at your boy, Milan Lucic, uh, <laughs> they had a question about Lucic, like specifically, and you had a few options of, um, was he helpful? Was he a hindrance? Was he better than James Neal? Was he worse than James Neal? Um, so you had a lot of options for just one player. 33% voted helpful in the postseason. So um, you know, Lucci seemed to have at least some, you know, positive numbers in this fan survey. So, um, you know, maybe some respect gained amongst the fan base. Um, here's one, and this is used a lot in U.S. politics. It's approval <laughs> rating. Like you talk about Obama's approval rating or Trump's approval rating. It's a number like or a stat that I don't think I fully understand. And no. this makes it even muddier for me. Mark Giordano's approval rating, like we're almost talking about him as a president. His approval rating amongst fan fans is 56 percent. that seems super low to me do you, do you know approval rating and how it works and like does that seem accurate for Giordano I mean you know like you related it back to U.S. politics and basically like anything above 50 is good mm. it's not like you're grading a test and you know you can look at it like by letter grades or anything like that but like I guess it's an improvement. I or sorry, I was looking at TJ Brody's. Just kidding, but um, you know, I think that I don't know. Like, I don't know why it would slip. It seems I, bizarre. Like, yeah, I, I don't think know. I think he's fine. Like, I don't think he's a horrible captain. No, and I think him being like it's basically like to me, and this is me misunderstanding approval rating, but to me that I read that as if, uh, what's 56. So the opposite would be, you know, 44% of the fan base or whatever the math works out to be wants to see him gone. Uh, you know, I don't think that's how approval rating works, but, uh, maybe that's just me misunderstanding a number or a stat more than anything else. But, uh, I thought his Giordano's approval rating would be much higher. Um, you know, they had some questions about do guys, should be kept should they get raises should they be let go um someone like andrew mangiapane everyone wants or half the fan base wants to give him a raise same with dylan dubé um those kind of things sam bennett 70 17 percent of people want to give sam bennett a raise so um more positives there and then i think the last one here we'll look at is jeff ward and you know pretty much asked straight up amongst the flames fans is jeff ward the guy yes no or undecided and 46% say yes, 38% say no, and 16% say they are undecided on if Jeff Ward is the guy to be the Flames head coach. Um, that seems like completely accurate to me. I can't argue yeah. too much with that. I, I think that that's fair. I mean, I guess I'm also kind of in the undecided. Like if I filled this out, I probably 
mm-hmm. would have filled I think in. I that did bubble. as well. I think I might have put undecided. It's been a few days since I did the poll, but um, yeah, I can undecided is an easy answer yeah. I think, to choose. Because it's not like, no, I don't know how the ballots in um, Canada work, but here during elections, you know, you can write somebody in. So I'm sure that they didn't yeah. have this option on this lovely survey. No, no write-ins that I was aware <laughs> of. Um, I guess one more thing quickly. I, I would ask you this. If, you know, they, they had who should be re-signed of the Flames unrestricted free agents. TJ Brody was in second place trailing Cam Talbot. So it sounds like Cam Talbot mm. um, wants to be re-signed more than TJ Brody, at least amongst the fans. You know, if you were to pick, who would be your priority one if you were Brad Tree leaving? Would you rather have – now, obviously, they could have both. They could mm-hmm. sign both these guys, no problem. But um, at least for me, Brody's ahead of Talbot for me personally. Do you feel the same way, or do you think uh, goaltending being such a big question, just getting at least Cam Talbot uh, is more important than TJ Brody? Uh, I mean, if you can move David Riddick – then obviously I think re-signing Talbot is a priority, but if it's just the two of them with no moves made, then I think Brody is the obvious answer. Right. And like I said, we can bring, not we, but Calgary can bring both back, no problem. Um, That does exist or the world where both are brought back. So I was just, maybe it was me being stuck in my own personal bias that I have Brody ahead of Talbot that I found that surprising. But anyways, it was a, a well-done survey by the Calgary Herald. A lot of, you know, interesting results. Um, and it's obviously not the full picture. We, we don't we don't know for sure if 100% of the fans voted. And obviously fans' opinions are, are often, you know, on the extreme end of one way or another, uh, much like politics. There's really, it's, it's, it seems few fans are kind of right in the middle and, and taking everything even keel. So um, great work done by the Herald and interesting yeah. results that we can, you know, probably chew on here for... Um, a few weeks to come and coming up next segment we we were just talking about cam talbot and tj brody goaltenders have been floating around in the nhl kind of trade rumor and trade speculation circle a lot so uh should the flames be biting on any of this and are there any other you know players and positions outside of goalies uh that the flames could pursue in the trade market this offseason we'll discuss all that coming up next but first we have to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com and rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And just the amazing thing is we all know how many different kinds of cars there are out there on the road. Uh, it doesn't matter what make or model your vehicle is, rockauto.com will have something that is suitable for your vehicle. And not only will it be suitable for your vehicle, you'll also get the best deal um, on the part for your vehicle. So um, for example, there is the uh, Delphi fuel pump assembly unit that uh, a, a user was purchasing for their Honda Odyssey minivan. At the big box store, that fuel pump was 350 bucks, over 350 bucks. And at rockauto.com, it was just $216.79. So you're saving over $100 right there on one part specifically just by shopping at rockauto.com and it doesn't matter if you're the seasoned mechanic that works in a mechanic shop or just a do-it-yourself or out of your own garage you're going to get the same great amazing deal no matter what it doesn't matter what your background is or who you are rockauto.com gives you a great deal the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer 
Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right now and write locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you. That is locked on with two words, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto and Sean is at Sean underscore Lavery. So some interesting trade proposals have, um, you know, popped up across uh, different forums, different social medias. And, you know, I think there are definitely ones that you're kind of like, you just immediately laugh off and you might screenshot it and send it to a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, The ones that, you know, you scroll right by anyways, because just it's not a thing. And then the ones that you kind of sit there and consider. I was on Facebook today and I (laughs) saw somebody suggest, um, you know, a simple one for one, uh, Sean Monahan for Jack Eichel. Now, what do you think of that? Just a simple one for one, but like, no, like don't think about the logistics or anything. Right. If you, if you could pull it off a simple one for one Monahan for Eichel, uh, I would be all over that on the flame side of things. I think Eichel as a, first line center has a far greater upside than Monaghan mm-hmm. might have. Um, especially in, in terms, if you're, if you're planning on moving someone like you drill, you're going to need a large, like you're going to have to fill a lot of scoring that's going to be missing because control mm-hmm. is gone. Right. So Eichel, I think would kind of, you know, serve that role perfectly. Um, I just don't know how realistic this would be. Eichel for Monaghan one for one. Um, but that's kind of where, you know, extra parts come in and you tinker with a deal and, and, and kind of just flush out the full trade. Um, but if, if, you're, if you're using those two as a centerpiece, you know, I would be all over that from the flame side of things. Uh, so much so that it has me hesitant as to whether or not how much Buffalo would be interested in something like that. But uh, what did you think? You're obviously the one that, that found the deal and, and everything. So what was your initial reaction upon reading it? Uh, I was game for it, but then I remembered that Jack Eichel is frustrated with losing. Um, but then again, in Calgary, he would get a taste of the playoffs, which he uh, hasn't seen in Buffalo, I don't believe. So, I mean, I guess that's a plus. Now, if, if Eichel was to come to Calgary, would any head coach be immediately fired for not putting Matthew Kachuk on the same line as Jack Eichel? Because would they not have like some sort of connection with the yeah. U.S. development program or or anything like that? I think Kachuk is a little bit younger, significantly, maybe two or three years. So, um, but I'm sure they have crossed paths plenty of times, and it would be like the All American line in Calgary, Eichel yeah. and, and Kachuk, and playing together. That could be that would be actually be quite the duo, Eichel and Kachuk. If if you complement it with the same piece, that does have some high potential. <laughs> That makes me wonder if Kachuk should be playing with Monaghan and how much potential that might have. But, yeah. Um, I mean, that's this is the time of year we're in where Buffalo's been – they haven't been playing hockey for since the regular <laughs> season was paused. Calgary had a brief taste of hockey, and now you know Calgary's back into the offseason. So this is where all the trade speculation and – you know, ESPN has the great NBA trade simulator machine thingy. Hockey needs a similar version where on ESPN you can run through and trade any NBA players you want, and they'll tell you, and ESPN will tell you if the deal A is like 
realistic and can work mm-hmm. from a cap standpoint, but B, if like it would actually go through, like if if teams are likely to accept that, however the formula works, I don't know. But hockey needs a similar version because I would love to pump things like this through those machines and just see um, how the numbers spit out on the other side. But, you know, like I mentioned, it is that trade rumor season and TSN in Canada here, they always have a trade bait board and they kind of release them a few times a year. Uh, once at the start of the season, before the uh, trade deadline, and then again in the offseason. So they put another one out today, and there's no Flames players on the trade bait board, um, which is surprising because I thought, you know, someone like Johnny Goudreau would be on there just given the likelihood that he's mm-hmm. moved or the likelihood that his names get brought up in conversations. But there were some, you know, interesting names that I think Flames fans should be, you know, pondering or kind of scheming up deals or, or just thinking about the fit in Calgary. And we'll start with the goalies. Three goalies on the list uh, that I saw, at least. Frederick Anderson, uh, Matt Murray, and Marc-Andre Fleury. And Matt Murray, of course, being the number one option on TSN's trade bait board. Is there one name there, Jess, that you think the Flames should really lock onto and, and try and pursue with you know as much momentum as they can? I would say Matt Murray. I think that that's an obvious answer, especially with like playoff experience and things like that. Um, you know, obviously you need a solid goaltender for that. And, you know, I, (laughs) Frederick Anderson is a fantastic goalie. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I just, (sighs) something about him frustrates me. And again, I feel like he just, he struggles in the playoffs and I don't know if, um, oh my goodness, Calgary's defense could pick him up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Anderson and Flurry are, you know, you're right, Murray would be the obvious answer. Anderson and Flurry, you can kind of both, you know, put the age thing on them and say they'd be great in Calgary for maybe a couple of years. But beyond that, uh, you'd be in the same position searching for a goalie again as a franchise. Anderson, you know, you're right. He is kind of like the Flames um, personified as into an individual player where he's really struggled in Toronto to get out of the first round and you know, we've gone through years in Toronto of, of it not being Anderson's fault, but then there's also been years and this year, like some real heat was put on him um, in terms of like, you know, Leaf fans just saying they wanted Anderson just to win them a game, like just win them a game and win and maybe, you know, help them win a series. Uh, but it never happened. So, you know, Flames fans know what not being able to get out of the first round is like. And Anderson kind of seems to have that same, you know, strain on him as well as a, as an individual player. So, um, Matt Murray would be interesting, I think, for sure. I don't know, you know, Pittsburgh and Jim Rutherford. Jim Rutherford's like a very – he's an honest guy, and he'll tell you, like, when he wants to make a move and who he wants to make a move with. It's already public knowledge that one of the goalies in Pittsburgh is being traded. Like, Rutherford has said that to the media already. One of these guys is being traded. Uh, it's just a matter of if it's Matt Murray or Tristan Jari. So with the knowledge that, you know, Jim Rutherford wants to move him, I'm not sure how much he's asking for either one of the the two goalies and, you know, how much Pittsburgh would want in return. So maybe it is an option for the Flames where if the price is right, it's a a move you can act on. Um, Another name, non-goalie related, that I saw the Flames uh, subreddit chewing on on Reddit was Patrick Laine. Would Patrick Laine be at all of an interest to you um, if you were running the Flames? I mean, I think... The obvious answer is yes, but, you know, he obviously brings the the offense that you need, that the Flames have been lacking. So I think 
yeah, again, like it's one of those if the price is right situations or if, you know, if you are going to just do a complete rebuild and bring somebody in at a higher price and pull a Toronto and have all your money tied up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> Toronto hasn't proven anything uh, no. that works well. So I don't know if, if modeling after Toronto would be the smart idea right now. The Flames Reddit page overall was kind of negative on the idea of line A. Um, mm. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things like with goalies, it's really easy. We know the flames need a goalie and you know, it's, that's been the story for almost a decade now, probably over a decade now. Um, so it's easy to say the flames should go after Matt Murray or Mark Andre Fleury or whoever with Patrick line. It's just one of those things. Like if, if Goudreau and Monaghan are around, do they need line? Can they afford line? That all those questions kind of come into play. So, um, you know, someone like Line or Oliver Ekman Larson's on this list who would be any team wants Oliver Ekman Larson or, you know, players like that. We don't know. The Flames have to figure out a lot before they can um, kind of get there. And, and, you know, they have to figure out, do they want to move Goudreau and Monaghan? And then that opens up a bunch of cap room to go after someone else. And, you know, all these questions that Tree Living has to, and I'm sure he's probably answered or is in the process of answering right now. So, Uh Yeah, he gets paid the big bucks to like actually figure it out. Exactly. We're just here to throw these. Criticize. Yes. (laughs) Criticize. Um, And still ahead in the show, um, Boston, they are out of the bubble, Jess. Uh, You are our residence Bruin fan here. We'll get the full breakdown and reaction to the Bruins season coming to an end, possibly earlier than uh, most people thought it would. Um, So you're going to want to stick around for Jess's reaction to that. You are listening to Locked on Flames. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. So now both of my teams, I guess, both teams I follow religiously are out of the bubble. What do you do now? It's almost like (laughs) when you quit a job and you have some time between jobs and it's like you're on vacation now. Like, what are you going to do? You almost have all this extra time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, today was the first day, like, post, you know, post-bubble departure, I guess. And, um, you know, obviously, like, I write for a few sites, so I had to get up some reaction articles and things like that. But, I mean, football is right around the corner. Oh, yes. I'm, like, not big into football, but... Since I'm not going to have hockey until December, I'm just going to jump on a bandwagon. I don't know go. where. But don't say the Patriots. If you say no, the Patriots, oh, no, no, I'm no, quitting no. this podcast right now and hanging up and leaving. No. Okay. Um, I grew up in New England, and like this sounds like so awful, but like I'm so tired of hearing about the Patriots, and I got really tired of the whole winning thing, and just people naming their kids after tom brady oh my god did you see i saw today on twitter just a quick new england tangent bill belichick is in a subway commercial now have you seen this at all is it funny like this seems like something that would be funny i haven't seen it but one of my friends um texted me and was like hey like i know you love subway and bill belichick's in a commercial it's like okay Thanks, I guess. <laughs> like Kawhi but, Leonard um, did a commercial with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Kawhi Leonard oh, doesn't say anything. So no, um, he just it was laughs. Obviously, like hilarious just to watch him like interact with a human because he doesn't do any of that. Yeah. Bill Belichick's almost the same way. So I, I only saw like the the 
commercial was tweeted out, but I didn't watch it because I didn't have yeah. Wi-Fi on my phone. So um, I didn't want to waste the video or anything like that. But um, it seems like something that would be funny. Okay, anyways, let's get back on track here. <laughs> the Bruins lose last night, Jess. It was an overtime loss too, um, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. What went it's, wrong in this series for the Bruins? What happened? Because I didn't watch any of it. So uh, was it a frustrating? Okay, let's go. Nick Ritchie. Nick Ritchie literally just needs to be sent to the moon. <laughs> I Like I will pack his bags for him. And, you know, I had an issue when they signed his brother, Brett, in the off season as a free agent. And everybody was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to solve um, David Krejci's right wing problem. And I... I was like, no, you guys, like he is an AHL, maybe a beer league player at best. Like, please cut this out. Stop. We're no. And then Nick Ritchie comes in here and just takes up space <laughs> and taking ridiculous penalties and probably should have been suspended. I don't know if you saw him uh, board – Oh, who was it? I think it was Gord. And um, yes, I did see it was, oh my God. I, just the fact that Bruce Cassidy even played him in game five made me just want to like, I, I knew, or no, he didn't play yesterday. I lied. But, um, oh my God. I like, I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then the fact that the Bruins were playing their backup goalie because Tuka Rask left the bubble to deal with uh, his daughter, who was apparently in the hospital. And then, you know, you're going up against Andre Vasilevsky, who is just like, it's like putting a kindergartner up against like Kawhi Leonard, hmm. like a little park and rec basketball league against, like, it just was not, it just wasn't happening. Yeah. What did you make of uh, Brad Marchand's comments after the game where he said going to the bubble was a complete waste of time because we didn't get done what we wanted to get done? I mean, he is somebody who is very um, mouthy, as we have learned. But um, I I don't think I can blame him. He has uh, two young kids and his youngest daughter, I think, like just turned three while he was in the bubble. And, you know, it stinks that you guys lost, but um, get over it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, when I read the Marchand quote, my first reaction was, I wish a Flames player said that. Like, right? that's something I wanted to hear from the Flames. Um, I, I totally understand why Marchand says it. And, like, he made it to the second round. He made it a whole round farther than the Flames mm-hmm. did. Uh, and he still says something like that. Like, the Flames made it past round one, and, you know, there was people, you know, Monaghan, he was disappointed in his team and in his line, but like, he's obviously a completely different personality than Brad Marchand, but you just kind of want someone to step up there and just say, like, this was a joke. Like we, it's, it's, we, we've heard a lot of talk from the Flames, so it's, it's hard to ask for more talk, but maybe just like talk with a little bit of like oomph behind it, a little more spicy. Right. Um, and we are Have in the content business. Yeah. So we want all the spiciness and attitude we can get. But, um, you know, Marchand's a guy who's obviously been there, uh, winning the cup and all that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he knows what it takes and everything. So the fact he's still disappointed and, and still wants another one, you know, that's why he has won one already because he wants to win so bad. Yeah. Um, and so when I read that quote, um, 
you know, it, it seems like a, a jarring quote when you first read it, but it's not that bad at all, really. And it's, it's one of those things, it's, he's completely right in saying it. And like I said, it's something I wanted to hear from the Flames maybe after they lost. Definitely. I think that the Flames <laughs> could have used a comment like that. I'm sure that they were thinking it, but I don't know if anybody is bold enough right. to actually say it. Right. And they're a younger team too. So, yeah. I mean, you know. Brad Marchand's been around for a while, so he's obviously comfortable with the media, and he's given the media a few jabs throughout his time in the NHL. So um, everyone's different in how they handle that kind of stuff. But still, it's it's the sentiment I'm sure the Flames probably feel, but it's just mm-hmm. it would have been nice to hear. Um, so now the Bruins season is done. Is is the is there as much off season questions as there are in Calgary, or or are they pretty much set moving on to next year? I saw uh, Marchand post something on Instagram, perhaps about Chara. Uh, yeah, so it could potentially be done. Mm-hmm. He um, is a UFA now, or whenever I guess free agency starts. But and I think he's forty-two or forty-three. But you know, I think it's it could be time for him to hang up his skates. Uh, Tori Krug is also a UFA, and there has been no conversations um, about extending him. And I saw a potential rumor today about trading Jake DeBrusque for uh, Max Domi. Hmm. So, I mean, there's definitely some questions. And I think a lot of people are also starting to uh, judge Bruce Cassidy, which is very weird for me because, you know, I don't often question his decision making, but this whole bubble maybe had me questioning him a little bit. Right. So that's, you know, it's one of those, we've asked the question a thousand times, how much do you kind of put stock into the bubble? And mm-hmm. Can you judge Cassidy based? Cause it's a completely different situation for him as it was for every team. Um, but there you go. This, the Bruins season is over, Jess. I'm sorry to hear it. Um, it sounds like at least you'll have an entertaining off season perhaps, or at least things to address. Um, but quickly, just looking at the the other game, the Avalanche destroyed the Stars. They scored five goals in the first period. And what was a weird, like, goaltending night in that game, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Bishop played and then started and then, you know, didn't. And and then Michael Hutchinson was playing for the, for the Avalanche, and he hasn't started a game since February. So, uh, like, a complete weird goaltending night there. But, you know, at the end of the night, this, the series is now 3-2 for Dallas. Um now some goalie questions in Dallas. Um, Avalanche have a win under their belt. Does this have seven games written on it now after after what you saw last night? I think so. I, I hope, hope so, so anyway. Yes, I hope so too. I think we're in the same boat. <laughs> we want to see this one go to seven. I think we both want to see the Avalanche win. Yeah, um, so definitely. There we go. We are one game closer to that becoming a reality. Um, so still to come in the week, you know, plenty more off-season uh, flame stuff to get into. Perhaps some you know, season grading will start uh, this week or maybe at least early next week, kind of looking back on the season that was and, and grading through players individually and all that kind of things. And of course, you know, NHL games still going on that we'll keep you up to date on as well. You can follow us on Twitter. Jess is at Jessica Belmosto. I am at Sean underscore Lavery. And be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app. And you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each day. And don't forget to subscribe to Locked on Bruins with Ian McLaren following Boston's season coming to an end yesterday. I'm sure Ian will have plenty to say, as did Jess today. So 
Uh, if you want more Bruins uh, post-mortem on their season, <laughs> uh, head over to Lockdown Bruins. Jess, thank you for today, and we'll chat tomorrow. All right. See you then.